Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we pick up in Mark chapter 9 with verses 30 through 41. Most of us share a common desire, or at least we have at some time in our lives. We want to be first. We want first dibs, first pick, first place. We want priority over others. We want to be in control and in charge. The disciples were no different, and Jesus caught them in a discussion about which of them would be first. What does it take to be first? What do you have to do? What qualifications would cause you to rise to first position and be in charge? Well, as Jesus points out, it all depends on whether you seek the world's way for the world's reasons or God's way for God's reasons. And the way you decide to pursue being first will determine what kind of first place prize you're rewarded with in the end. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, How to Be First. Sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be the first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. The point is that When it comes to the kingdom of God, everything is radically different from how we are in this world. In the reward system of the kingdom of heaven, greatness is not determined by how many people you have under you. Greatness is determined by how many people you get under so that you can lift them up by serving them for the glory of your king. That's great in the kingdom of God. Back in the 70s or 80s, um, Maranatha music was making up simple little songs, putting a lot of songs to Scripture, and um, they plucked from this situation, made up a, a, a song. It was probably one of the least sophisticated, least well-done Christian songs of all time, but it was very biblical. And I remember Marcia and I would drive down the highway and play this, and I could, I could belt this one out because it only has about five notes. Um, they're all in my range, and usually I could even get them in the, in the right order. The song goes, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. There's a second verse. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. There's a chorus. Learn to be the servant of all. Learn to be the servant of all. Learn to be the servant of all. That's the whole song. But you know what? You know a passage of Scripture when you know that song. The argument over who is the greatest among them slammed headlong into the convicting omniscience of Jesus. He listened to their phony question of, well, who then is greatest? And now that he has their full and contrite attention, uh, it's a moment that he really could have ripped them for their pride, 
for being insensitive to him. And here he's talking about, I have to go be killed. And you're worrying about who's greatest? That's probably how I would have handled it. But that's not what Jesus did. As usual, he did something rather spectacular. He turned that very awkward situation into a powerful teaching time. He took charge and he gave them very important instructions and he used a brilliant visual aid, a child. What we have here in Mark is is powerful, it's convicting, but again, I'm going to weave it together with Matthew 18 to get you the the fullest possible understanding of this. But let's look at Mark first, 9, 36, and 37. Taking a child, he set them before him. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me does not receive me, but him who sent me. Now remember, We just heard they're in a house. We just heard that they're in Capernaum. They've spent a lot of time in Capernaum during the great Galilean ministry. Whose house did they stay in when they were there? The house of Peter and Andrew. It may very well be that this was one of Peter's children. We know among the disciples that at least Peter was married because he had a mother-in-law. There's only one way to get a a mother-in-law. So he might have taken Peter and Mrs. Peter's little boy, I don't know, year old, two years, maybe a toddler, maybe even a baby. says he held him in his arms. That's quite a picture. really helps us see what he meant. But now look, look what Matthew 18 adds to this, verse 3. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You guys are arguing over who's the greatest. Let's make sure you get in before he entertains any discussion of greatness, go back to the whole issue. And he, and he gives the requirement in two parts. Number one, unless you are converted, something has to happen to you to radically change your direction. That's conversion. The, the word repentance, changing your mind such that it changes your behavior. Unless you are converted, going a whole different way, and you become like Children, children, especially little children, really need help. They really need their parents, or they would die of exposure, starvation. They would be horrible. You have to be totally dependent like a child in a whole, going a whole different direction. So he's giving here the explanation when he puts the child in front of him and says, you've got to be like this. What he means is, this is what it means to be saved from your sins by faith. This is what it means to be born again. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to receive Christ. This is what it means to become a believer. This is what it means to become a saint. This is what it means to become a child of God. This is what it means to have a righteousness which is not of yourself. This is what it means to have a righteousness that exceeds 
that of the scribes and the Pharisees, who, by the way, were the ones who shamelessly regarded themselves to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. You've got to be converted. You've got to be changed. The root meaning is to turn or to, or to change direction. If you happen to have a new international version, this is a verse that needs to be crossed out and rewritten correctly. They translated the phrase, unless you change. And that's a whole lot different from unless you are converted. The difference between passive and active. The one says, you can do it. Try really hard and change. And the other one says, you can't do it. There's no hope unless you are changed by coming in childlike faith to the only one who can change you. You have to allow God to change you from the inside out. That's what it means to have childlike faith. You can't make the changes all on your own. Now, it's true, you work at it, that's for sure. You make decisions, that's for sure. You decide to go the right way, that's for sure. You are accountable to God for your choosing, that's for sure. You are commanded to repent, that's for sure. But it is the grace of God and His Holy Spirit working in your life through the Word of God that does the actual changing, that gives you the actual new life. That's emphasized by that second description, become like children. Picture the dependence of that child on his parents. He trusts them for absolutely everything. His life is simple. Just let mom and dad take care of me. He's frank. He's obedient. He's unpretentious. He's humble. And he's utterly dependent. For you to be a Christian requires you to trust God for everything. You've got to learn how to walk by obeying His words. Like a, a child needs to learn that your parents have your best interest. And so do what they say. You take in His Word every day like food for your soul, like the baby needs milk from mom. You trust your Heavenly Father to know what is best for you. You tell Him what's on your mind. You tell Him what weighs on your heart, and you let Him lead you. Now, notice the emphasis that that's what's necessary to enter the kingdom of heaven. Exactly the opposite of what the Jewish spiritual muckymucks were telling them. Look how great we are. Be like us. He says, no, no, no. Remember when he went to Nicodemus? He said, uh, unless you're born again, you won't even see the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus was pretty sharp. He said, born again? What? You want me to crawl back into my mother's womb and be born again? That's impossible. He understood. Jesus was saying, Nicodemus, who was a leader of the Jews, who was a Pharisee, he says, you have to do something that is utterly impossible for you to do. In other words, it has to be done for you. You didn't play a role in your first birth. You don't play a role in your second birth. You come and receive a free gift. For you to be a Christian means trust God like a child trusts his parents. Paul Anka, way back in the days of my youth, 
He wrote a very famous song. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.